I have to admit it's extremely consoling to hear St. Paul saying that when he came preaching, he didn't use human eloquence or great wisdom. I can really relate to that as a preacher. And I still haven't got used to, I have to admit, being a priest. Every single time I walk up to the sanctuary, the thought that I am going to offer the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the altar, that I'm going to proclaim His Word, to preach His Word to His people, I never get used to that. And it's because deep in my heart I know that I shouldn't be here. That for the majority of my life growing up, I was lost in the world. I was living in darkness. Everything changed the night I truly experienced the light of Jesus Christ for the first time. And it was late. I was already in college at the University of Idaho. And there was one night when I was supposed to be going to a party with a bunch of friends and it fell through last minute. And I had talked to another man just recently who I'd known growing up who told me that he used to spend every Thursday night praying in St. Mary's Catholic Church from 11 o'clock at night till 3 in the morning, doing the rosary and these prayers to the passion of Christ and reparation. And I thought he was nuts. But as I was going out, I realized I couldn't go to this party. So I was upset, but I was like, well, I might as well just go by and see if it's actually true if this man is there praying. So I went in, and sure enough, he was there. And we spoke a little bit, and then I just decided, well, I'm here anyway. So I started praying the rosary with him. It was the first time I really prayed, you know. I didn't even know how to say almost a Hail Mary by myself. I started praying the rosary. And then we do these little devotions to the passion of Christ. And every once in a while, I'd stop him. And I'd just ask a question I never asked before. I'd say, I've been doing this. Is this okay? And he'd say, no, actually, that's, that's a sin. Like, really? Yeah. It's like, okay, we keep praying. And then a little bit later on, I'd say, well, what about this? And he goes, no, that's, that's a sin. You need to go to confession for that. I'm like, okay. And then we keep going. And I said, well, you know, I used to always think that this is true. And he told me, no. According to the Catholic teaching, according to Christ, that's a false belief. And what was happening, the only way I can really remember what was happening that night was that it was almost like this great light was shining upon my soul, my life, for the first time. I was standing under the light of Christ, and I was seeing everything that was disordered in my life, in my beliefs. And it scared me half to death. I remember walking out of that church that night, simultaneously never feeling closer to God in my life, never having a deeper awareness of His love for me. But at the same time, I never felt further from Him. Because it was under that light that I realized there were things in my life that were incompatible with being a follower of Jesus Christ. So it was one of the most consoling events, but also one of the most disturbing things I experienced because then after that light happened, when I left that church that night, I had to enter into a deep battle within myself, a battle between the light and the dark. Jesus Christ said, this is the verdict. The light has come into the world, but men love the darkness rather than the light 
because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. That's the first time I really experienced it. The the darkness within me, the things that I was doing that I knew in my heart were wrong, hated the light of Jesus Christ. And there was a a strong impulse within me to return to the darkness, to never go back to that church, to not pray again, so I didn't have to experience His light illuminating everything that was disordered in my heart, in my mind, and in my life. But this experience never would have happened had that man not been in the church praying that day had he had not witnessed the gospel of Jesus Christ to me. The gospel is a light in the darkness that calls those who are living in the darkness of error to leave the ways of the world behind to live in the light. And actually, it's the foundation of all missionary activity. That's why Christ said, you are the light of the world. That when you possess His truth, you immediately stand apart from everybody else. And your light becomes a testimony to a new way of life that then illuminates everybody else who comes into your path. But that light is perhaps more under attack today than in our 2,000-year history. Pope St. Pius X predicted in 1910, in the beginning of the 20th century, that we were moving into the greatest crisis in the 2,000-year history of our Catholic faith due to a heresy called modernism. Has anyone heard of that word before? Modernism? He called it the synthesis of all heresies of all times due to its relativism and lack of faith. And what it does, essentially, modernism denies objective truth. And it says there is no absolute truth, or truth can change. Or true, one thing can be true for you that's different from my truth. And it's okay, because they're both our own subjective ways. So it denies objective truth, and all you're left with is subjective truth which gives rise to relativism, moral moral relativism. I can say something's wrong, but if you say it's okay, then it's okay. But to do that, you have to deny the gospel of Christ, that God himself came and revealed to us the way to salvation. Truth, by its definition, means a concrete correspondence between my intellect and reality, what I believe and what is objectively true. So if I were to say, especially after bragging a lot last week in my homily, what a great Super Bowl last week. I told you the 49ers would take that thing. It's a long time coming. What would you say? That's not true. Why? Because what I believe doesn't correspond to reality. Modernism denies objective truth. 
No one can really know God. Therefore, every religion is the same. Every religion leads to God because no one can really know the truth anyway. And this is why it's so dangerous because it denies the very essence of the gospel teaching of Jesus Christ. The Christ who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. The Christ who said, on the very day he was put to death, for this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. The heresy of modernism says it's okay for you to be a Christian, but it's not okay for you to think that it's the true way. It's just one way amongst many ways. That's actually why the West is the, the religion of the West is Mahanyata Buddhism. Mahanyata Buddhism, it's also very connected to yoga. It's, a, it's an Eastern philosophy that says God, He appears with different faces at different times. And so every religion is God appearing to these people in this time in a different way. Therefore, every religion reflects God. And therefore, the only mortal sin of Mahayana Buddhism is conversion. Because when you convert, you are saying with your very self that this is true, this is more true than this other religion. And that's the mortal sin of our society today, conversion, because it declares that there is a light that we must follow. But moral theological relativism, when we say that you cannot know truth, that's why also morality is such under attack today. It leads to a subjective understanding of what is good and what is bad. And the reason this is so big is because it goes right back to the original sin of Adam and Eve. What did the devil tell Eve. He put God in doubt and tried to make her usurp his power. Did God really tell you that you cannot eat from that tree? Puts doubt. Did God really say that? Then he says, surely God knows that if you eat from the tree, you will become like him, deciding for yourselves what is right and what is wrong. And that's the essence here. Modernism says we get to be our own God and we get to decide what is right and what is wrong. St. John Paul II, who was fought against this vigorously during his pontificate, he said that the greatest witness to the truths of the gospel, the greatest lights in the darkness that throw away all the errors of modernism is the testimony of the martyrs those who were willing to pay with their flesh and their blood for the proclamation of the light of the gospel of Christ. I was very motivated this week when I read we had the feast day last Thursday of St. Paul Mickey and Companions. They were missionaries to Japan in the 16th century. And one man writes about their martyrdom that he, had to, that he actually watched from there. They were fathers priests, brothers, and even boys who were strapped to crosses. They were just tied to the crosses. 
and put out in front of everybody else before they were put to death. And this is what one man wrote who was standing there before him. Our brother Paul Mickey saw himself standing now in the noblest pulpit he had ever filled. To his congregation he began by proclaiming himself a Japanese and a Catholic priest. He was dying for the gospel he preached. He gave thanks to God for this wonderful blessing and he ended his sermon with these words. As I come to this supreme moment of my life, I am sure none of you would suppose I want to deceive you. And so I tell you plainly, there is no way to be saved except the Christian way. My religion teaches me to pardon my enemies and all who have offended me. I do gladly pardon the emperor and all who have sought my death. I beg them to seek baptism and be Christians themselves. Then according to Japanese custom, the four executioners began to unsheathe their spears. At this dreadful sight, all the Christians cried out, Jesus, Mary. The executioners killed them one by one, one thrust of the spear, then a second blow. It was all over in a very short time. Question is, why would these men sacrifice their own lives for the proclamation of the gospel of Christ if in the end it didn't really matter? If everything's the same in the end? Why make the sacrifice? If Christianity isn't the true religion, then why preach the faith? Why be a light in the darkness? And that's when the light of the gospel becomes hidden, as Christ said today. The salt of the gospel loses its flavor because Jesus is a medicine for the sick. Jesus Christ is like chemo. He's an answer to a pre-existing problem, a pre-existing illness. If you have cancer, chemo's a good news. If you don't have cancer, chemo is bad news. Modernism says you're not sick. No one is sick. So the offer of Christ to forgive our sins by following Him is not actually good news. It becomes bad news. Why would I want to go through chemo if I'm not sick? Why would I suffer to try to convert my life to Christ's teaching, which is quite difficult? to turn away from sin and darkness if I can be saved in any other way. Growing up, I was a modernist my entire life and I didn't even know it. Because ideas are like viruses. You can get them just by being out. So I had all these ideas already in my mind when I walked in that church that day that I could decide for myself what is right and what is wrong. I could decide that I was in proper relationship with God, not having to live the commandments. I thought morality could change and I thought everyone could have their own truth and it'd all be okay. 
But had that man not been in that church that night, had he not told me the truth, then I never would have experienced the light of Jesus Christ for myself. I never would have had that opportunity to turn away from the darkness that I was living in to come into that light. And I shudder to think about what my life would be today if it wasn't with Jesus Christ. And it's because of that that I'll spend every single moment for the rest of my life proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ in season and out of season to anybody who will hear it. For I've come to believe and to know that Jesus Christ is the Holy One of God. And those who follow Him shall not walk in darkness, but they shall have the light of eternal life.